Welcome to Peaky Podcast, where we talk to interesting people about interesting things going on in the Elyria schools. Now your host, Amy Higgins. Good morning, good morning. Here we are in studio again on a beautiful February morning. Very cold though today. Uh, getting very cold this weekend, supposedly, so um, definitely bundle up. But we're in studio today with our social workers, Marissa Palsozzi and Christina McCarthy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. And of course, producer Marty. Good morning. <laughs> Who said he's very tired today. Um so we just said it's February and uh, the month of love. Uh, certainly February 14th, we're all very fond of. It's the nationally celebrated Valentine's Day when we express our love for those around us. But uh, let's talk about uh, self-love. When we look in the mirror, we're not just doing that once a year, right? Right. <laughs> we are doing that every day. Um, it's hard. I think it's really hard to find self-love and self-compassion sometimes, don't you think? Yeah. And what that looks like for each one of us. So what does that look like? Because I'm going to date myself here and I already told you guys I was going to go back to this moment of uh, Saturday Night Live back in the 1990s and there was a character, Stuart Smalley, and Marty might remember. Were you an SNL fan? Uh, well, it in the 70s. <laughs> okay. Well, in the 90s, Stuart Smalley used to sit in front of a mirror and he would give himself daily uh, self-affirmations and he would say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And, you know, I mean, is that what we need to do to practice self-love every day? And I know that's kind of a, a silly example, but for uh, how important is self-affirmation? I think self-affirmation is one of the first steps to showing self-love um, because a lot of times we don't feel it and we have to do what's fake it till you make it. I'm sure you've heard that before. So maybe we're saying things to ourselves that we don't necessarily believe yet, but the more we say them and the more we look in that mirror and say them, the more they're going to become a part of us. And it doesn't happen overnight. Um, a lot of times I, I always give the 21 day rule, like let's do these habits for 21 days and then evaluate, did they work? Did they fail? Do we feel a little bit better? Um, so yeah, I think you have to do them every day. Even if you don't believe them yet, you have to start somewhere and start somewhere small. So self, self-affirmation or self-love, in, in your mind, what does that actually mean? I mean, realistically, we're not going to, um, most of us are not going to take that time to, to look in the mirror and really tell ourselves what we love about ourselves. But it's not just about loving yourself. It's about respecting yourself, right? And um, recognizing even your weaknesses right. um, and not beating yourself up about it. So, you know, what is self-love? Well, I think you um, just mentioned two factors of self-love, which we kind of we're talking about this morning is the compassion we have for ourselves, with stopping those negative thoughts and more so filling those negative thoughts about ourselves with more positive thoughts, even if they are hard at first. Mm -hmm. um, and then that other piece of realizing our strengths and also accepting our weaknesses, working on that 
personal growth too. It doesn't mean that you have to say, well, this is just who I am and this is just how it's going to be. But recognizing this is an area I have of growth and that looks more like self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. I When I think of self-love, I think of acceptance and grace. Um, trying, I love that. Trying to give ourselves a lot of grace because we are going to mess up every day, <laughs> um, whether it's at our jobs or with our kids or just in our own everyday patterns. So I like to think that there is this grace period that we so often give others that we have to really turn on and give to ourselves. Um, so I try... I try to practice that. Um, it's not easy for ourselves. No, that that grace and patience, right? Being mm-hmm. patient with yourself. And I know that's something that we constantly bring up in these podcasts is the patience. But that is such a big key. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have one bad day. That's okay. It, tomorrow's a new day. This moment is a new moment. Mm-hmm. And how can we bring ourselves back to the present mm-hmm. and being kind? Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to give patience and grace without acceptance. So I think a lot of times that first step is accepting like, gosh, I screwed up today. Or maybe you didn't screw up, but maybe you didn't do everything you wanted to do today. And just that first step is accepting what it looks like so that you can then give grace and patience. I think that's really important. And I I love that reference to grace because, you know, when you talk about self-love, you might be thinking like, oh gosh, are people going to think that I have a big ego or I'm narcissistic? You know, you're not, you're not walking around with a mirror and, and, you know, practicing self-love in that kind of vain um, image that we might have when we think of that, that word. So the concept of, of giving grace, um, having grace and um, accepting your yourself, loving yourself and accepting your flaws and and working on those. I think that's the key is recognizing that you're not perfect Mm -hmm. and that you can take steps. Everybody can take steps to improve themselves for for themselves and for others. Yes, absolutely. Um, I always, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, Christina says this phrase that I really like, like check in with yourself. It's so true. And you can check in with yourself in so many ways. And that's a great, great example of a way to check in with yourself, Amy, is if you're able to step back and say, okay, like, what did my day look like? What does this week look like? What could I improve? Um, It's not about being the best. And that's where the narcissism comes in is I'm the best. I've got no room to improve. So Self-love and acceptance is what can I improve? So to me, that's the difference. Checking in and seeing what areas can I tweak? With that, I think it's kind of a natural leap for me to um, kind of go to what are what are some of the no-nos with um, self-love? And, you know, um, what what is it? What's what self-love is not is probably comparing yourself to others like putting yourself against others and trying to um, re-image yourself based on what you've seen others uh, be or do or look like. Um, what's, what's your thought on the whole concept of comparing yourself to someone else? Um, I heard, <clears throat> excuse me, I heard a phrase years ago and I use this um, in private practice and I use this with my family and I, I use this with myself. But the phrase that I heard that really struck a chord with me was comparison is an immediate contentment killer. 
So the moment that we are content with something around us or about ourselves, the moment that we look to the left, the right, or behind us, it immediately kills what we have in our heart because we're comparing to what we don't have. We're comparing to what somebody else looks like. Um, so comparison is an immediate way to just defeat ourselves, in my opinion. Um, and you could do that in so many ways by looking, like you said, what others look like, um, what others have, maybe degrees, jobs, kids. Really comparison to me is the biggest no-no. Um, it's also comparing ourselves to maybe our past. Um, mm -hmm. That's a huge one because we are not our past. Um, circumstances change so much in our lives. And I think a lot of us have compared the past prior to COVID. And, yes. and that's actually killed our contentment for each of our moments and each of our days. But comparison is a huge no-no. I'm glad you brought that up. And I think with comparison, it brings up a lot of feelings of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in what world are those comfortable, enjoyable feelings or what, when are they promoting self-love? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Inadequacy, you know, I'm not good enough, which then kills our self-love, mm -hmm. kills that grace period. Well, I love too that you brought up the pandemic because it it's, you can't avoid it, obviously. And I mean, we hear so many times a day when we talk to others, well, going back to what's normal and what was and what we had or what we've missed. And we've talked about this in, in other shows when we talked about um, grieving the loss of normal and the things that, you know, you missed out on because of the pandemic. Um, that can be a real trap, right? Very much. <laughs> I remember back to those first couple of months where everything was closed and I would find myself, it was, I live in Jogga County, tons of snow still in March. And I just had to recalibrate my thinking to, well, I want to be able to go to Target. I want to be able to do these things, but I can bundle up and sit in my driveway. And it's like that gap between what I want to do, what I used to be able to do, but what I can do right now and finding contentment in that um, while grieving what we wish we could do. You know, and, and the things that we're, we're talking about it um, as adults sitting here talking about what happens to the uh, adult mind, but this can easily translate to kids. I, uh, you brought up Target and, you know, when we were back in the early phases of the pandemic, uh, we pulled into Target and we would, you know, my husband ran in, but we wouldn't let the kids come in with us. And my daughter, my youngest, just had this little meltdown and said, I don't even remember what that store looks like in there. And I thought, oh, it's just, you know, you can't, they're having the same feelings that we are um, as adults. Yes. So some of these um, concepts of self-love and, and recognizing that tomorrow's a new day and, and celebrating the achievements. It, it's important to translate to that to your kids too, correct? Oh yeah. I was going to say that a lot of these pieces, when we talk about self-love and self-care and how it's not selfish, but a lot of times we're also modeling to our students, to our own kids, um, whether it's through our positive thoughts or the way we're kind of twisting things in, in a more positive light, but they're always watching and to show that you deserve that love. You deserve to love yourself. You deserve to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about really trying to surround yourself mm -hmm. 
with people who encourage you, mm-hmm. people who you have trust with. Yes. People that uplift you. Yep. Yep. I think people that show you respect, people that validate you, people that can still love you despite differences. Those are all people that you want to surround yourself with. And validating somebody isn't always telling them that they're right. 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 Nope. It's telling them that I hear you. I can, I understand that you have this point, but it's not saying I agree with you. It's, it's knowing that somebody is listening and hearing and seeing you. Well, I, I, I love that. I, can you, okay, so now I'm going to put you on the spot here, <laughs> but some of these things are things that we've already talked about in past shows, but how do you practice daily self-love? Well, we've talked about some things in past episodes, whether we look at it as a self-care way, how are we refueling in those ways? Um, I know Chantil had mentioned filling our cup, right? So that's a big portion of it. And we could go on and on about how are we meeting our needs through self-care, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, There's that piece of working on our thoughts, keeping them more positive. I think... um, involving and communicating with our friends and our family, our network, letting people be there for us, showing ourselves respect by letting people love us, letting people compliment us, letting people be our rock when we're having a rough day. So true. It's that giving yourself permission to do these things. I love that. It's so hard for us to reach out to support system. We feel like it's almost a weakness or, oh gosh, we're not good enough, but allowing the people that are around us in Mm -hmm. is super important. And right now, I love that you said that because right now that's, that's work to do that because everybody is feeling some sense of isolation right now. Um, And you really need to open up and let people in. Sometimes you have to work for it, don't you? Because especially when you're physically isolated, like we are, mm-hmm. you know, um, you may, it's not as accessible to you, um, especially if you may be living alone mm-hmm. or um, have a, a family member that's in a situation where they're living alone and you would have normally had interaction with them. Um you know, a lot of it's virtual now, but how important is it to still reach out and connect in this kind of environment? I think it's so important. I think it's important to identify your positive support too, whether that's positive support at work Mm -hmm. and your personal life and communicating with that support what you need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, say if I'm having a you know, a, a struggle with something going on at work and I call and I say, hey, I'm looking for some advice. Or if I'm having a really just stressful day and I'm and everything I want to do is not happening and things aren't going the right way and I just need advice or not advice, a support. Mm-hmm. Calling and being like, I just need a vent. I mm-hmm. need to just express myself and, and that way communicating it too so that other person knows what you need. Sometimes people come to us and we assume they want us to fix their problem or we assume... They just want to vent when we really don't know. So just even being communicative in that way of this is what I need from you. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm at because our support, they want to help. They want to be there. And sometimes it's hard to fully accept that. Mm -hmm. But the more that we do it and the more we practice that, we show ourselves like I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. I'm loved. And saying those things brings upon those feelings of self-love. And that's putting the self-talk we had talked about into action. Mm -hmm. 
So you're reaching out, you're showing yourself, I do deserve this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think one of the foundational human needs is a sense of belonging. So we have lost that need during the pandemic. And so getting that back, connecting with people, feeling a part of something is going to be super important to self-love. And with all of what you just said, and and it just um, resonates so much right now, um, even when you're in chaos or when you're in conflict or um, things are out of your control, where does gratefulness fit in? It's it's hard sometimes when you're feeling these things and your your world is spinning to feel grateful in that moment. But I personally, I think gratefulness is a huge aspect of loving and respecting yourself and those who are the encouragers in your life. So what's your take on that? I think like we mentioned in the last podcast, the importance of gratefulness, it's starting small. So when there is so much chaos around you, when it feels like everything is sort of crashing in, finding that small piece of gratefulness, something as small as I'm so grateful that today I woke up. I'm so grateful today that my family is here or just starting very, very small and being able to build on it. Cause when we try to be grateful for huge things, especially in a time like this, then we're just like, Oh gosh, well, no, that's not going on. Or I don't have that. Start with something, you know, you have to be grateful for. I woke up today. I'm grateful that I'm breathing today. And I know it sounds so small, but you need to start small to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, part of all this kind of, I feel like in every show that we have together, we always come full circle, which is fantastic mm-hmm. because then, you know, clearly there's um, science to, to this, uh, this concept of self-care. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to like... Um, you know, you hear people say all the time, find your happy place. What's your happy place? What is the happy place? I mean, when you're in this situation, I think you, you've, you've hit on this before. You have to create that and define that in your mind and, and develop these um, self-care uh, tools. So um, what is the happy place? I think Throwing it back at you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think we've mentioned that before with the self-care um, and when I think of creating a happy place, I think of cre- a lot of these skills we talk about. I want to to just acknowledge that we need to start utilizing these skills when we are in our calm mindset. If we're in a stressed mm-hmm. mindset and our brain is chaotic and we're having all these thoughts coming at us, it's hard to balance ourselves. It's hard to come and say, oh, where is my happy place? Because I, if I'm in a frustrated mood, I'm not thinking of anything happy, right? Mm-hmm. So... When we talk about our happy place, I, I want to start that foundation of just being in a calm mindset and having this space for you to reflect on truly where do you feel happy? What is that happy place? And it looks so different for everyone. So it's hard to give an example of, oh, this is a happy place or this. Because for some people, it can be that a vacation that they go to every year. And that's their happy place. For some people, it could be a part of their house that they've created, a little library nook where they have quiet and candles and peace. And so... And for other kids I've had, or for other people, I've had some just create a place that they would feel happy, that they've never been. And maybe some of the stuff in that happy place isn't realistic, but it brings upon happiness to them. And that is what is important. It always reminds me of Happy Gilmore. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're really good digging back in the archives right now for our <laughs> pop culture knowledge. <laughs> I know that. The, the one thing I have, I, I have a problem with uh, people, uh, thinking people have heard these buzzwords, self-talk, mindfulness, mm-hmm. uh, self-love, mm-hmm. because I was just introduced to it uh, re- within the last year. Um, and and that's the only reason I'm sort of getting it. And um, what are some, like, practical exercises for, like, we're talking about self-love today, and I, I guess that corresponds with self-talk sure. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, some practical things so people can identify self-talk with what it actually is. For sure. That's a really good question, mm-hmm. Marty. Um, I, what I usually have people start off with with self-talk is I give them these three prompts. I am worth, I deserve, and I am good at. And I say, use those three prompts and just fill that out each day for a week. It starts out as really hard, but then after about two or three weeks, they're doing more than just those three because they start to get into it. You're like, oh, okay. At first it feels selfish. I have a lot of people say, well, I deserve. Well, no, think about it. What do you deserve? Do you deserve support? Do you deserve a good friend? So those three are very basic. I am worth or I deserve, I am worth, and I am good at. That to me is a really basic, good place to start. You could get a journal. It could be in your phone. A lot of um, the students I work with like to pop this stuff in their phones because they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want a journal where people see anything. Um, so you could put it in your phone. That's a really good start to self-talk. Um, I, I've had people put post-it notes around their bathroom mirror because where's the first place that you go in the morning? Mm-hmm. The bathroom. Brush your teeth. So putting some some phrases on your mirror so that's the first thing that you see. And you want them to be personal to you. You know, if you know that you're really stressed at work, maybe put some some uplifting phrases. Um, another thing, Marty, that I feel like is a good start is setting an intention for your day. Each day, setting an intention, something small. Today, I am going to smile more. Today, I'm going to avoid conflict more. But just something that you can focus on as a goal throughout your day. And I've had people in private practice in the past that they have set alarms on their phone with those positive self-affirmations or positive Mm -hmm. self-talk because it is hard to get in that mindset to take a break and say, I deserve love. Mm -hmm. I deserve happiness. I deserve peace. And the, but the more that we're filling those positive affirmations and that self-talk, the more we believe it. Yeah. Then also the, the negative mm-hmm. uh, thoughts, mm-hmm. if you're aware of those, when they come into your head, I can't, or um, I, I, I figured that, mm-hmm. I, you know, I knew that was going to happen. Things like that. Um, uh, I've noticed it helps when you're starting to think that way and then you reverse it totally. and say things are going to be okay, this is going to be a good day, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps. But the problem is is being consistent and carrying that through. It's like anything. You just sort of forget to do it and then you're back to the, where you started. Absolutely. This definitely takes practice and a commitment. So I like the alarm reminders. I like putting it in your bedtime routine because you're right. It's easier to combat those negatives when you've been working so hard on the positives. 
And practice makes perfect. Yes. Just like any kind of training, the more you do it, the more it's ingrained in your daily uh, routine and mindset. Absolutely. And when battling those negative thoughts, I think an important thing to know is if you're having a negative thought that everything's going wrong today, it's not to then balance that with today's perfect because we're not going to be there. But then going to the place of I'm trying my best today, I'm giving my best and that's all I can give. So, so transitioning some of those thoughts that maybe don't seem positive, but they're a lot more hopeful than this, this day's awful, you know? That's right. Absolutely. That, that was all um, fantastic, fantastic information. And um, so practical for every day, as Marty pointed out. I mean, we all go through that and, and have those moments every day. And it's great to have some strategies to reverse it when you see it happening or feel it happening. Ladies, as always, it's fantastic sitting with you. We look forward to our next session together. Um, And uh, thanks so much for joining us again today. Thank you, guys. Bye.